surgical reconstruction of left ventricular volume did not bring any extra benefit when added to coronary artery bypass grafting for patients with severe heart failure who were considered candidates for both of these procedures. At the American College of Cardiology session, Robert Jones reported from the International STITCH trial there were no improvements in symptoms or exercise tolerance and no reduction in the rate of death or hospitalisation for cardiac causes. In Orlando, I talked first with his co-presenter, Daniel Mark. The STITCH trial is actually a STITCH research program that consists of two related trials. The one that's being reported at the meeting today and on Tuesday deals with a component of patients with ischemic cardiomyopathy with ejection fraction less than or equal to 35% who are felt to require coronary bypass surgery for their care. There is another portion which compares surgery to medicine which will be reported in a couple of years is still in the follow-up phase. But this portion of patients who require coronary bypass surgery was comparing the addition of surgical ventricular reconstruction, or SVR, to coronary bypass alone in 1,000 patients that were randomized in a large international NHLBI trial. What has been the argument for using surgical ventricular reconstruction up to now? So the basic concept is to try to mimic what's been seen in observational and some drug treatment trials where uh, patients with a large anterior wall scar uh, from a prior anterior myocardial infarction and adverse ventricular remodeling with dilatation and subsequent heart failure um, might be through the process of exclusion of the scar in a, the SVR procedure brought to a position where they have a more normally shaped ventricle that is smaller and it, the concept was that if you could make the heart smaller and shaped more advantageously that you might be able to provide prognostic benefit to that patient. Intuitively you'd think that a smaller heart would be better uh, but in fact you've got a thousand patients here under investigation a randomized study. What happened in the STITCH study? The bottom line, which is being reported this morning by Dr. Jones in the late-breaking trial session and published online in the New England Journal of Medicine today, shows that the primary endpoint of the trial, which was all-cause mortality and cardiac rehospitalization, was identical in the two arms out to a median of 48 months of follow-up. And uh, the hypothesis, of course, was that the SVR arm would do better. So this was not shown to be true. Uh, all the secondary endpoints that have been looked at, including all-cause mortality, cardiac mortality, rehospitalization, uh, six-minute walk test, functional status, all of these endpoints have actually been shown to be equivalent in the two arms. So there's no evidence whatsoever for a treatment benefit from the SVR procedure. In surgery, of course, Procedures are developed gradually. They're rarely done by randomized clinical study. So what do you think has come out of this for the community of doctors? I think it shows a way forward to uh, at least periodically uh, turning on the bright light of uh, randomized clinical trial in the operating room and saying that at some point we do need to uh, subject these uh, evolutions and advances or possible advances in the technique of performing heart surgery to 
a really high-quality, large-scale, adequately powered randomized trial. And that stitch shows that this can be done, uh, that people will randomize and that you can finish the trial, get the outcome, and get an answer that uh, actually turns out, I think, to be quite useful, if not always what you expect. And there is a price tag to SVR, isn't there? You said $14,000 in the United States, and does it have any hazard? Well, what we learned about it so far, and, and keep in mind that we've actually only had the data available to analyze for a few months, so this has all come out quite quickly, um, but what we saw is that the post-operative period of the SVR patient was, uh, I might characterize as substantially more turbulent than that of the cabbage alone patients. They had longer time in the ICU, uh, particularly in the U.S., where I've studied this most uh, uh, in detail. There were more use of balloon pumps and inotropes, more use of PA catheters. Now, it's not necessarily true internationally, and there's some evidence uh, which is not sufficiently yet uh, evaluated that it that possibly in other countries uh, participating there may have been uh, less intensive care but uh, and, and similar outcomes. So it's not clear that this is anything more than the discretion of surgeons who believe that certain things are useful but don't really affect the outcome of the patient. But that all that extra turbulence and care in the U.S. subset of 200 patients out of the thousand resulted in an extra price tag that we estimated at over $14,000 per patient. Daniel Mark from Duke University talking to me at the ACC meeting in Orlando. Stitch looked at a subset of patients with advanced ischemic cardiomyopathy who had scar tissue considered to be making the heart muscle much less efficient. And although shrinking the heart has intuitive appeal, Robert Jones pointed out that this was not proven, and so a randomised study was needed. These were uh, patients that had ejection fraction 35 or less and coronary disease that by our uh, very excellent stitch surgeons was found to be amenable to bypass surgery, that it could be done, but it also should be done in, in these patients. So that was the entry criteria, and there were very few exclusion criteria. Uh, some obvious ones, uh, if the patient had an ongoing heart attack, that's not the population we were uh, looking at. If they had some non-cardiac disease, it was likely to kill them. Uh, within the duration of the trial, we didn't think it was good to put those in the trial, but other than that, it was really a pretty broad uh, group of patients. So what came out of the STITCH study? Well right now I think the most practical thing is that in the population study there's no benefit of this operation. So at least should put a lot of caution on people to say uh, we're not sure that we need to do this operation. Now you have to admit in a randomized study that every doctor who made the decision that this patient could go in the trial and said yes they're amenable to SVR said also at the same time if they only get randomized to cabbage that's okay. So perhaps there are a spectrum of patients who physicians can recognize that we could find within this group and find that there yes is some benefit in those patients and uh, so we could look at that. But of course if we do find that that means we also harm some patients in this study because there was just absolutely no benefit in any major I mean, uh, uh, endpoint that patients would notice in the study. So what's your recommendation to surgeons and cardiovascular clinicians when considering their patients who have heart failure for surgical ventricular reconstruction? Well, I think the most uh, important thing is that you ought to let patients know about this study. 
Uh, it is written uh, in the New England Journal in language that almost every educated patient can understand. Uh, the data is very, very clear, and patients deserve to have that information if they should have this operation. Also, I think that physicians can always tell patients that that is true for those patients, but you are different than those patients. So we're going to be very careful to present a large number of descriptors of this patient population so that physicians can make up their mind relative to the size of the most dysfunctional area of the heart compared to the contractile part of the heart, look at various indicators of hemodynamics, but many other features that may influence these decisions. If we do find a population, of course, it will be a subgroup and it won't necessarily mean it's true in that subgroup, but it would give us a hypothesis for some other people to perhaps look at those patients. But in general, your conclusion seems to be that SVR is not so likely to be beneficial for the majority of patients. I think that's true. I think that it must also be said there is one surgical situation where some kind of repair needs to be done and that is in some of these patients with a particularly a lot of scarring of the heart, if you need to do bypass surgery, uh, as you do the bypass, there can be some edema in the tissue around the heart, some swelling that uh, makes it difficult to get the patient off the heart-lung machine unless you leave the chest open. And in that subset of patients, and you, you, you would probably uh, do an SVR or a, a old standard aneurysmectomy uh, for those patients uh, just for the short-term benefit, uh, and uh, the other good thing that the STITCH trial shows, there was no harm to these patients. They got the same benefit of the, uh, uh, of the cabbage without the SVR. They did have an extra about 30 minutes in the operating room. Uh, they stayed another day in the acute care unit on average. But when you really look at the things that would matter, uh, bad things that are irreversible like stroke or a lot of repeat procedures or, or any of those endpoints, there really was no difference, as I said before. Robert Jones from Duke Clinical Research Institute talking to me at the ACC annual meeting in Orlando. Both he and Daniel Mark took part in a news briefing to announce the stitch results simultaneously with publication in the New England Journal of Medicine. And the session was chaired by the new ACC president, Alfred Bove. I wondered what he made of this surgical study. Well, you know, STITCH was a very interesting study because our institution tried to get into STITCH and we couldn't find the patients for it. So I have to give Dr. Jones credit for, for persevering and getting this data set. This is a group of patients with ischemic cardiomyopathy with left anterior descending disease who we thought would have benefited from the LAD revascularization plus removal of the dead heart muscle or not and compared that to medical therapy. It, it turns out that across the board, most everything was about the same between medical therapy, bypass, and and removal of the heart muscle. The ejection fractions improved significantly, and the, the New York Heart Association class, which I would call a quality of life measure in a sense, improved a little bit in the patients that had the left ventricular um, uh, muscle resection. So uh, I think STITCH tells us that you can, you can take a group of patients, and if they're good for surgery and they have a clear-cut area that can be that's causing trouble with left ventricular function. If you take it out, you'll get some improvement. But don't do it on everybody because a large number of those patients aren't going to benefit from all that extra surgery. So SVR could be out for most patients, judging from these results, although you, you do believe there's a subset that could be okay. Absolutely. There is a subset. When we see big aneurysms, we know they're compromising heart function. They're the group that's going to benefit. And I think Dr. Jones was, was careful to have those three groups, and we have some data to sort out which ones to send for surgery now. 
What do you think about the second part of Stitch, the intensive medical therapy? How might that fare against surgery? Because drugs are improving so much, aren't they? Well, I think that's the message. And if you work with heart failure, we're using very, very intense medical therapy now, and we're finding out that it works quite well. You know, we, we have uh, courage that said, it, to some extent, for coronary disease, intensive medical therapy works well and works like revascularization. We know in heart failure that intensive medical therapy can also help. The new ACC president, Alfred Bove, from Temple University in Philadelphia, talking to me at the ACC annual meeting in Orlando. For Audio Medica, I'm Peter Goodwin.